0: They trusted God with me, they, they didn't feel the need to come in and rescue and they let me ask my questions and struggle and be mad at God. They didn't panic at that reality um, that I was experiencing, but it was just like like a freedom to go through it, but still a very committed presence in my life.
1: Welcome to another episode of Undiscussed. My name is Eric.
2: And I'm Caroline.
1: And this is a show where we talk about things that Christians should talk about, but often don't.
2: And today we're actually joined by a very special guest. We're kind of doing a little bit of a crossover. Ooh, very exciting, very very exciting. exciting. First, we are joined by Mandy from Approach. Welcome, Mandy. Hello,
1: hello. hello. And I'm so excited that you're here today. I'm feeling a little under the weather, not necessarily sickness-wise, but pain. Caroline is suggesting maybe we do an episode on pain later. And uh, I I would love to share some thoughts (laughs) on that. Got a lot to say on that? Yeah, got (laughs) a lot to say on that. (laughs) Quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah, dealing with chronic illness and stuff. But um, today we're talking about doubt. Mm -hmm. And uh, you delve into that a lot on the Approach podcast.
0: Yeah, that's kind of our thing. (laughs) You kind of own that realm. Yeah, Um, which is really weird for me to admit um just in light of my story and how doubt was not a regular part of my experience with faith um, faith was really easy and natural and then it wasn't mm-hmm. <laughs> so now to have it be like the biggest component of my job is talking about doubt and struggle with faith is a bit of a shift
1: okay okay no spoilers we're that's gonna all. get there that's all that's all okay that's all. but before we dive in I want to, th- I want to get to know you for our listeners benefit. I've known you for a while, mm-hmm. but, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Sure. I, um, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. Uh, I've been married for four years. I've been a mom for a little over a year. Uh, my husband's name's Brian. My daughter's name is Chloe. They're kind of my everything.
2: I think it's important to note also that you actually have an episode with Brian, which I think is really fascinating. Yeah. So if you want to know more about that relationship dynamic and how faith interacts with that, Mm -hmm. you can also listen to that on Mandy's podcast. That's
0: very true. Yeah. It was a great first time recording a podcast, just getting to chat with my husband (laughs) about the roughest year of our lives. (laughs) Just a little vulnerable. Just a little bit vulnerable. But yeah, you can check that episode out. Um, what else do you want to know about me? I've been on staff with power to change for 10 years now. Okay. Um, worked on campus for the most part. Um, just recently moved into the office and our cre- creative communications office where I do podcasting for the most part.
1: Now, the number one thing I know about Brian mm-hmm. and it, by relationship, something about you, you guys are volleyball yeah. fanatics.
0: Yeah, we're pretty hardcore into volleyball. Um, How hardcore would you say you are? (laughs) I do not dabble in volleyball. Yeah, before having Chloe, we would play three to four times a week. So pretty often, like that was our exercise and our like social time. All of our friends are volleyball peeps. So yeah, that was most of our nights are spent on the, or were spent on the volleyball court. That's a little bit different now with a one-year-old, but Still get to play a couple times a week, which is great. Brian's been into volleyball since he was in high school. Um, he's really good. He is. <laughs> he uh, And he's kind of taught me everything I know about the sport. So I played like in elementary school, and I loved it. It's always been my favorite sport. But Brian very much got excited when we were dating when he heard that I liked the sport. And actually, before we started dating, the first thing he <laughs> invited me – to do was um, to sub in on his intermediate level volleyball team with all these like over six foot tall people on the team. Intermediate level. I hadn't played for, I don't know, six, seven years. Wow, <laughs> I felt like an idiot. But, but,
1: but it was fun. Seemingly you passed the test.
0: I guess. I don't know why. <laughs> but I, yeah, I passed enough that he went into coaching me. <laughs> <laughs> and has taught me how to be a really, I would say, a decent setter, um, but I love it. Yeah, it's a really fun sport.
1: I concur. You are you are a good setter.
0: No thanks. I have no comment on that. <laughs> You'll have to come out and play. Nope, <laughs> never, <laughs> not happening.
1: All right, fair yeah. enough. Um, what's what's something fun Chloe's doing recently?
0: <laughs> she just finished having four days of puking on no, me. No, see,
1: <laughs> keep it in. <laughs>
0: Uh probably the most fun thing that's going on right now is just how quickly she's learning words. And like she's just in a in a phase of development where it's like every day there's five new words that she's using and saying and she's um just starting to put sentences together a little bit. Um which is pretty pretty fun. It's just cool to have communication with someone that you've known and loved for a year but haven't had. <laughs> or direct communication <laughs> anyway.
1: Yeah. With our kids, I remember that being a huge milestone because yeah. then they could, you know, articulate what yeah. they wanted and, and it, it was a major stress reliever. Yeah. The
0: biggest thing she understands the word wait now, oh which my. is like, that's glorious, a, that, that's massive. <laughs> yeah. So she doesn't scream the whole time that she has to, that I've asked her to wait, she actually can sit. My cat does not (laughs) understand weight, so I can't relate. (laughs) Yeah, there you go.
1: Okay, what is with me and hosts and their pets? So Pat used to host this podcast with me, and he was constantly talking about his dog like it was a child. And now (laughs) you, are our wonderful co-host, and we got cat jokes and cat comments. It's because
2: whenever people talk about children, I have nothing to contribute. So I have to contribute something. Our lovely audio technician, Laura, is also putting out the peace sign. So we, <laughs> we have a clap bag.
1: Well, I'm very excited to learn a little bit more about Chloe and all the volleyball funness. I'm, I'm still impressed that you're going out a couple times a week with a one-year-old. That shows your commitment. But maybe we could jump back into our topic today of doubt. And you shared a little bit at the, at the start about your experience, but maybe you could dive a bit more into that.
2: Yeah. And I think it's important to know that normally on our show, we, for the most part, at least we have experts, um, but with a topic of doubt,
1: cause we're not experts.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I think, oh, <laughs> well, if I could speak for myself, please. <laughs> no, but I think, you know, experiencing Mandy on this podcast, we're not experts in doubt. I mean, we've both lived through it. I won't speak for you, Eric, but, um, yeah, I think that's just important to acknowledge that. How can you ever be an expert at something like doubt?
0: Yeah, no you just kind of go through it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like I said earlier, doubt has not always been a part of my experience with faith or spirituality. Um, I think for a lot of people that know me, hearing this is actually kind of a little shocking, um, to hear that I'm in a spot where doubt is very comfortable.
1: <laughs> Maybe even how would you define doubt?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Uh, So for me, um, the doubt has come up uh, at the intersection of um, unexpected life experiences and the lack of answers or the lack of follow-through that you experience in faith. At least that's what it's been for me. I think doubt can come from anywhere in someone's life, but even on approach, that's kind of what we've what we've noticed, it's it's when life happens in unpredictable ways that we can't just explain away or that the answers that faith offer us, just don't cut it. Um, don't give us the comfort that we always thought they would or hoped, hoped they would. So what is your personal experience with doubt? I guess to talk about uh, my experience with doubt, you kind of need some back knowledge <laughs> uh, of what what faith had looked like for me before the doubt hit. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, uh, but in high school was where I um, I heard the gospel for the first time. I saw the power in the gospel as it changed people around me, uh, including my mom. And that made me interested. Uh, it gave her things that I wanted. Uh, and so it got me asking questions. It got me going to youth group. Uh, and then when I went to university, I called myself a christian (laughs) and showing up there on on campus um that i studied biomedical science at the university of ottawa as one um, does as one does this one does anyway did not anymore um and that exposed me to um certain faith that God did not exist. And so it uh, spurred me into asking a lot of questions about uh, the historicity of the Bible, whether or not um, Jesus really did rise from the dead, questions like that. And so I ended up doing a lot of reading and researching because I really wanted to know if my experience of faith with God, which was, already, which was still pretty young at the time, um, whether it could be backed up with facts. Um, whether there was real grounds for the experience that I that I had with God, uh, and I discovered that there was, and so that really kind of kick my career, I guess, as a missionary, because uh, I I wanted other people to at least have the chance to hear this and experience it um, and see how it could actually change their lives in in ways that my life had been changed. So. Um, through that, I ended up joining staff with power to change. I've been on mission trips all over the world, um, to help, to give people the chance to hear this truth that had completely changed my, my life. Um, then I had my daughter, <laughs> um, after being on staff for 10 years, uh, and married to Brian for four, we had our, our daughter, Chloe, um, and things. Uh, got really hard for a number of reasons the biggest one was um, uh, experiencing postpartum anxiety Um, I think looking back I'd say I was a pretty anxious person before but I had good coping mechanisms (laughs) for a lot of it Uh, but when I became a mom all of my coping mechanisms were removed the biggest one was working out when you have a newborn you don't own your body. So you don't really get the chance to do those things. So I, um, I felt really panicked at this new normal that I was experiencing, um, which was panic attacks every night, uh, a lack of confidence or a, a lack of calm in, in my life. Um, from there, I, I started praying. Um, I would pray that Chloe would, would sleep just so that I could sleep and have that help with my anxiety. That didn't get answered, so then I started praying for uh, just the the fruit of the spirit. Um, I I believed um, that those were the things that God was really eager to give us, so we could ask with great expectation that He would give those. And I had experienced Him doing that for many many years um, before that, but kind of in my deepest and darkest moment emotionally and with mental health, I I didn't get that. Um, I felt uh, really abandoned by, by God. Um, I, I had gone from having a very intimate, um, close relationship with God, one where I experienced him often, where I heard his voice often. Um, I had been through tough things where he did comfort me in the midst of them. He was very present in in those moments. And then in, in this new darkest moment of my life, he, he was gone. Um, at least from my perspective, I would say, and even that I'm like, I'm only saying it
1: because I think I'm supposed to, (laughs) but anyway, that's what doubt is. (laughs) I I suspected you were going to say that, (laughs) but yeah. And, um, as I hear your story there, I hear like some kind of before and after stuff. Yeah, And, um, there's like symptoms or like experiences that lead you to doubt. But, um, I wonder if you could like really articulate what doubt meant for you in Mm -hmm. those moments.
0: Yeah. Doubt came up in that before and after, um, it was going from this intimate relationship with God, this certainty in this relationship with God. Um, and then going through something, having my daughter and experiencing postpartum anxiety that, um, all of a sudden my new experience with God almost contradicted what I had with God before. Um, and I panicked. I didn't know how to make sense of that, especially as being a missionary, like someone who has gone and traveled the world to tell people about this, to say, God loves you. He cares about the the crap that you're going through. It's not that I was unaware that there's struggle in life. I'm very aware of that. I'm aware of the brokenness in our world and in myself. I get that, but what I had always found comfort in was, but God, but God will be with you in the midst of it, but God will give you comfort and peace as you're going through it. And I remember hearing countless stories of people saying, yeah, I struggled, but I knew God was with me. And I'm like, I don't know that. <laughs> and it's really hard to not question whether or not everything that I believed and experienced with God before was a lie or wasn't as true as I, as I thought it was. Um so it was kind of coming to that place of what's happened here <laughs> like did did I do something um or was I wrong about about God in the first place?
1: so as your experiences started like kind of picking away at this sure faith that you described in university what what thoughts, what questions started to come to mind, what was the progression
0: mm. the <laughs> The first question that I really wanted to ask and just have it be the last one and be done was, okay, God doesn't exist. (laughs) Maybe he doesn't exist. Maybe I was just wrong about this because that felt like a clean break. I'm like, okay, I won't be in a spot of struggling anymore. I can just walk away and have a restart and be done with it. Um, so I tried that. (laughs) I tried asking that question. Um, but I, I couldn't, um, the, the short answer is like i knew too much or i know too much
1: <laughs> You <in> too deep <laughs>
0: yeah yeah and i've had people say that like you're you're just in too deep to walk away and i hate that but it's true um i i know too much about um the trustworthiness of scripture specifically the new testament and the accounts of jesus and his death and resurrection um so the idea of saying, "Okay, God doesn't exist; Jesus didn't exist; those weren't things I could say."
1: It's almost like you knew too much to discredit or discount uh, the facts.
0: Yeah, yeah, the facts were were still very clear to me, and were and were still true. Like I couldn't question, I couldn't question those things. Um, so that left me in a spot where, okay, God exists. Okay, Jesus has authority over eternal life and whatever is happening outside of this world. My question very quickly became, but does he give a crap about what's going on here? Um, Does he have any involvement um, in the suffering and the pain? What is his relationship with suffering and pain? Um, I didn't ask the question of, does he he love me? Because I think to know that he died to know that Christ died so that I could have eternal life was enough for me to be like, okay, yeah, he loves me. But it was still this lingering like, yeah, but it's, it's not as full a love or as, I don't know, as deep a love that like enters or one that I can rest in hmm. today um, in in the suffering and the things that I experience right now. So I'm curious, Mandy, Did you ever have questions about the
2: facts? I know you've kind of alluded to that a bit, but was there anything that as you experienced doubt and pain and suffering with, you know, having a new child, uh, suddenly life being turned upside down, was there anything that you did question? Or if not, maybe you can speak into that of why you didn't?
0: Yeah, I think... I asked a lot of those questions before going through through gotcha. this this crisis. So those doubts kind of hit me in my first year of university when I had an evolutionary biology prof tell me I'm going to teach, convince the whole class of 600 that God doesn't exist. Um, so experiences like that had brought on those doubts and those questions. Um, granted, they came up in a, I don't know, in a more calm <laughs> situation for me. Like I was in a healthier spot, so it was easier to kind of, yeah, deal with them and look into it. And I know a lot of people where that's that's where their doubt lies is, is in the resurrection of Jesus, or is the Bible really trustworthy? And those doubts are just as important or credible as the ones that I'm experiencing. It's just, life is different for everybody, and doubt can creep up in lots of different areas. And I think for me and what we talk about on approach, is just the reality that doubt is part of faith, and it's okay. It you can welcome it, and you can go through it, and you don't you don't have to respond with panic. No matter where that doubt is is coming from, what what is encouraging it, or what questions you're asking, it's just it's part of life and and faith. I
2: guess for me, um, I get eric likes to throw a little shade because i don't comment too much in the beginning part of interviews but i just want listeners to know i'm a psych and social major so i'm much more interested in the impact of relationships Mm -hmm. but as you were experiencing doubt and pain and suffering what was the response of people around you specifically what do you think the church did poorly as you were and church in a lowercase sense
0: Mm -hmm. um the first thing I want to do is give my husband a huge shout out. And I'm pretty big <laughs> at doing this. Props to Brian. Props, major props. Shout out to our boy, and Brian. And kisses, not from these guys, but from me. Um, <laughs> Listen to his episode yeah. on approach. Yeah, um, He was a rock throughout all of it. Um, he was so good at just giving me the space to go through what I was going through, to ask the questions. He had... I mean, in, in the approach episode with him, he mentions, and we talk a little bit about the fact that, uh, even though God wasn't speaking to me, he was speaking to Brian and Brian knew that and was assured by God that, um, everything was going to be okay or that he, he could let me go through this stuff and he wouldn't, he didn't need to panic about it. And, and he didn't, he, um, he was there for me. I cried a lot, um, He's been through a lot of anxiety and depression himself with panic attacks. So he actually coached me through panic attacks, especially the first ones that I was like, I don't know what's going on. Wow. He recognized it right away and yeah, and very much got me through it. So um, yeah, he was the, the rock of a support for me to just let me go through what I was going through. Um, broader than that, so it's a little bit more complicated for me when it comes to the Little Sea Church, um, because as a missionary, I have people that support me and are invested in me and the work that I do day to day. As I, yeah, as I spend time on campus talking to students and giving them the chance to hear the gospel. Um, so there's this added layer of shame or just um, an insecurity in asking any kind of questions like that. You don't have the same freedom um, to ask them. And, and sometimes that's just assumed by me. Sometimes that's not just assumed. <laughs> and I did experience some people pulling away, um, kind of losing or having massive changes in some of my closest relationships with, with people at church. I didn't love that, but I also wasn't in a place where I was really crazy about church. Um, I was struggling to go to church in the midst of this. Um, Brian and I kind of pushed ourselves to go for a while, but then that quickly turned into like, well, Chloe needs a nap, so let's not do that. Um, And it was just, it was really hard to be around people that were assuming and whether that's perceived assumption or, or assumptions they were actually making, that we were kind of in the happiest place that we could be. We've got our first daughter, life is life is just really good. We didn't feel like the, the community that we were a part of really gave us the space to be where we were at. Um, and like I said, a big component of that was the grounds of relationship around being in ministry that complicates the crap out of stuff Um, and is still something that I'm trying to navigate and, and figure out how to have real authentic relationships with people where you can struggle. Cause I think that everything that people at church would say to me stung a little bit because they were all the things that I would say to students on campus when they were going through stuff. And it, it irked me, like I, I hated hearing them. They weren't true, it wasn't what I was experiencing and just to have, yeah, these happy one-offs of like-
1: Platitudes.
0: Yeah, all of them were just like, uh, they left me more mad at God <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, just so desperate for them to be true but having them fall so flat on me in, in those really dark moments. Can I ask, was it
2: difficult because it was almost like seeing a mirror of your past self? Because I know we had talked about that a little bit on approach.
0: Yeah, I really struggled and asked a lot of questions and was really worried about so many of the relationships that I had with students. Like, do they feel the way that I'm feeling about these people at church and how they're reacting to me? Because I really hope that's not the case, but I can see why they would have felt that way. Um, and I had some really good counsel from from a pastor, say like that this isn't the time to go back and ask what your motives were at, at that time. It's easy to do it, but I've always sought to be a person of integrity. It's not like I was trying to lie to, to people. I genuinely thought those things were true and helpful, and I think for some of them they were. Um, but it just has brought me to a new spot of compassion and and empathy for people that are struggling to to just let them go through it.
1: Do you feel like the church is like, I was gonna say allergic to or really struggles with authentic or honest um, relationships? Or I see it in a number of the episodes that we've done, but like, especially with doubt.
0: Yeah, there's there's just a reaction of panic to doubt. Like any other any other struggle that you you can think of um like if i think of i don't know financial or or health things like those um they're more like of the world issues <laughs> kind of kind of in like they're they're more temporary they're seen they're not seen as having like an internal impact whereas doubt has an eternal impact and there's, um, yeah, and I think that's why people genuinely respond to doubt or doubt that they see in other people with this sense of panic. Like, okay, are they gone? Are they are they out of the the circle? <laughs> are they not in with God anymore? So it it comes. It's weightier. It's a weightier suffering. And maybe I'm just saying that selfishly because I'm there and I think it's harder. But um, it's yeah. It comes with a longer. I don't know. There's more risk. There's more risk in this kind of suffering and, and asking, and asking questions like this. Um, so I think, and, and what sucks is that a reaction of panic is exactly the opposite of what some, someone going through doubt needs and wants, at least this person, <laughs> um, that panic, uh, though I can wrap my mind around why it's happening in someone, um, makes it really hard for the doubter to to go through what they need to go through.
2: So I guess that brings me to my next question is, what do you think people around you actually did well? And also, I'm just kind of curious, your doing approach as you wrestle through these thoughts, <laughs> has this been a helpful process? <laughs> I mean, I am in charge of podcasts. I'm very
0: (laughs) curious to hear this, but you can give your honest opinion. Yeah. Um, The thing that people did well, or the people that did the right things, (laughs) I would say, (laughs) were the ones that just, they trusted God with me. They, They didn't feel the need to come in and rescue, and they let me ask my questions and struggle and, be mad at God they didn't panic at that reality um that I was experiencing but it was just like like a freedom to go through it but still a very committed presence in my life it was really hard when people distilled our relationship down to just faith and whether or not that was going well for me or got fixated on on that and where I was at with it um especially it happening in the first year of having a kid when you like, you need community. You need people to bring you meals. You need people to come and hold your baby so you can have a nap. Um, So there's just like a lot of very practical things that, that people did for us that was awesome and really helpful. Um, Yeah. Just being present and giving, giving me the space and freedom to, to go through it, they trusted God with me. They trusted God with the whole process of doubting and, tr- and struggling with him in a way that I hadn't experienced before. In terms of approach, um, I think it's really fitting for me to host it in the spot that I'm at. Um, if a year ago Mandy was, ho- was hosting this, the feel of it would be completely different um, because I very much look back on on my time in ministry before going through this, with with some struggle that I, that I was someone that responded to doubt, or struggle with, um, with panic and with judgment, or with a savior complex of let me, let me make sure you're going to be okay eternally, <laughs> or whatever. Um, Mandy, this side of this year and having gone through everything that I have, has far more compassion and empathy. Uh, and an understanding of that need for, for space and how critical it can be for someone's journey. Like it can, it can completely change the outcome of struggle for someone, uh, if they're given the freedom to just go through it or if they feel like they don't have it and, and can't. Um, so even as someone who's still processing and yeah, still going through it, um, It's been really interesting for me to talk to people that are in similar spots. One of the guests that come to mind from Approach that I got to talk to, um, she, in our conversation, we both kind of had a moment of realizing, like, hmm, maybe God is, is talking to us again, or didn't stop, but it's just in very different ways than he had before. And it's really hard to recognize it, to acknowledge it. Sometimes you need other people to point it out before you can even recognize it. And that was a really big moment for me just because I was very much before that interview was very much in a position of like, no, nope, he's just not, he's just gone. He's stopped talking completely. And she asked the question of like, do you ever feel like maybe just the way he's talking to you or reaching out to you is just different And it was this like aha moment for me of like, oh, maybe, (laughs) maybe I just need to be a bit more open to this, this change. So I would say it's been extremely helpful, um, helpful for me in, in going through what I'm, what I'm going through. Um, I, I thought for sure I would just like jump on the struggling bandwagon with people and be like, yep. I knew this was all a hoax, (laughs) but that hasn't happened. Um, And I, like I said, I've only seen, it's given me more and more insight into struggling and, and specifically with approach why people, why people walk away. Uh, And so much of it doesn't have to do with, with God or with faith. A lot, a lot of it has to do with relationships and, and things that they've been through, and it sucks to to hear that hurt um, that they've experienced. But I'm, yeah, I'm in a place where I I have far more empathy and compassion, and I feel like I can just offer offer space to for someone to just go through stuff. Yeah,
2: I actually think it's been really encouraging and just fascinating to watch your healing process in mm-hmm. a sense through your recording of approach. And I feel just really honored to be a part of that. Mm. And to see Mandy when I first pitched the idea to now is just, I feel really honored to be a part mm. of that process and that mm. journey of seeing your faith change and deepen and your understanding of God
0: broaden a lot more as well too. Mm. Well, thanks for thinking of approach and giving me the chance to to have an outlet for it. Coming back to work was, was the hard part of, of the doubt that I was experiencing was coming to the end of my mat leave and being like, how do I go back and be a missionary (laughs) after asking these questions? Like, what does this, is there gonna be a space for me? Do I have to go get another job? And, And then hearing about approach and immediately being like, yes, that is something I can do. That's something that's important. I just, I want people to have the space and the freedom to question and doubt and go through what they're going through that's and to have approach um, be a place where where our guests can experience it but also where people can hopefully learn how to offer that to, to people that are struggling is it's pretty huge for me
1: one thing I've I've been a have heard a couple of the of the episodes and um, something that just occurs to me is that uh, as much as we panic here in relationships and so on, hmm. that, that God is not really panicked no. by doubt and uh, he's not terribly surprised and, yeah. and it's just interesting walking that, that realization.
0: Yeah, it's that belief and that trust that like I can, I can give these people to God. I hmm. don't have to manage them or be in control. Of their stories and the outcome of their stories, but I can actually just like give them to God, let them let them go through it.
1: Yeah, he's far more equipped and able and empathetic and loving, yeah. <laughs> and and it's like, yeah, it's giving giving people space and and an appropriate hug is uh, is often a lot of what we can do. Well, on this show, we like to give our guests the final the final word on uh, the subject, and then uh, we'll close. So is there some final thought that you have about uh, doubt or walking with people or being empathetic mm. and those sorts of things?
0: Don't panic and trust God with, with people that are going through it, but also as someone who's going through it, don't panic, trust God. <laughs> I think it's the same for for both parties.
2: Thanks so much for joining us, Mandy. If you want to hear more about her story, you can check her out on the podcast approach.
1: We'll catch you next time.